Good morning, YouTube family. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be. Welcome, welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, where hopefully we will find some sanity today, right? There's just so much crazy gaslighting going on right now. It makes me nuts, which is exactly what the point of gaslighting is, by the way. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so uh, welcome to Happy Crappy Hour, where we share our happies and our crappies, and what went well this week and what did not go well this week. We learn from these experiences, we share them, and we help one another see the truth and find sanity. So welcome you guys. Hi, good to see you, Obi, hopping on already. Good to see you. I want to, well, let me see, get my screen situated. Make sure things are looking all right. Why are things so dark? Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, getting over these things that they do to us is really hard, but you have to in order to move on with your life. Like there are, you know what? In business, you have to cut your losses as well. I was just talking to my boss the other day, and she was saying how, um, you know, she had been cheated out of, quite a lot of money actually from past employees and in order to move forward I mean yeah at the time it was devastating it was traumatic and she said you know though at this point though um, and it's only been I want to say maybe six months for her um, when these latest employees had taken advantage of her there were two of them and uh, one who yeah I, I'm not gonna go into that <laughs> but um, she says she has to let it go because, you know, not let it bother her anymore. It's gone, right? The money is gone. She can't go after it anymore. So that's that. Um, there, are, There is a time to fight for that money. You definitely, you know, if you feel it's worth it, fight for it. And there's a time also to let it go, right? And yes, Obi, exactly. And it is sad when it's your parents. And in her case, it was employees and it's easier to let go of people and of these situations when you don't have to see the same people over and over again who have victimized you. So I understand where you're coming from, absolutely, because you're seeing it over and over again, seeing the same people, that is, who did this to you. Um, but even there, you have to let it go. That has happened to me, where people had taken advantage of me, people had abused me, people had, um, yeah, pretty badly abused me, and I still see these people because of family functions and things. Um, I still have them not, like, as an intricate part of my life, no way, right? No heck, no way in heck would I do that. But um, in order for me to have a happy life, in order for me to move on and not have my emotions stuck in the past, uh, I have to just let it go. And when I do see them, it's like, whatever, you know, I see them, I see them. And we even sometimes have a pleasant time together because we just talk about surfacey stuff. And I'm fine with that. You know what? I walk away. I do feel like vomiting sometimes afterwards. I do sometimes feel like, you know, very angry that um, they don't apologize, that they won't acknowledge what they did that they act like everything, uh, nothing ever happened, right? Um, but even there, I have to let it go because the good, the good news is I can get away. Like I don't have to live with these people. I don't have to have them 
in my life any more than I allow them into my life, right? I pick and choose how much time I'm willing to spend with them. I pick and choose how much I allow them into my life. So that is the good news. Even if they're your parents, even if they're your relatives, you get to pick and choose what you do. I'm going to see if I can get this looking better. For some reason, it looks very blurry to me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? So you got to make it off limits, Obi. Obi says that, hold on, let me see if I can bring it up. Oh, that's weird. Where is it? Oh, okay. Let's do this. Okay. It says, I'm trying to be done with my narc, but my parents, for some odd reason, keep the cycle rotating. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, limit yourself and limit how much time you, you spend with them. John, good to see you. Good morning. So, you guys, uh, today's topic is, what, you know, what's up with all the gaslighting? What the heck, right? What, what? I almost labeled it the thing I hate most, most about narcissists. But there's so much to hate about narcissists, right? Oh, my gosh. But it is a huge thing, gaslighting. It's tremendous. And for those who don't know, gaslighting is a term that comes from a movie back in 1944 that starred Ingrid Bergman. And I guess Angela Lansbury is also in it. That's the murder she wrote lady. <laughs> and um, it was a remake actually of a 1940 play, I believe, done in Great Britain. And um, yeah, the movie in 1944, I haven't watched it yet. I really want to watch this because the, the summary of it says that it's about a man who tries to distract his wife from his criminal activity even if it drives her crazy. And think about that. That is what gaslighting is. So in, in what, what he does is he tries to get her to second guess her own instincts, right? Second guess her what she knows to be real or true. And I, I remember seeing a little clip of this once where, for instance, he, um, he puts her purse in a different place than where she set it down. And then he tells her, you don't remember putting it here? Are you sure? I mean, I saw you put it here. Something like that, right? Where he's telling her that he's witnessing her put her things down in places where he moves them to. And then he tells her, what? You don't remember this? As if, and then she questions like, what? How, how can this be? How, how can I not remember doing this? And that is what gaslighting is. What the gaslighter is trying to do is get you to second guess, and not just second guess, but feel like you cannot trust your own instincts. You cannot trust your own memory. You cannot trust your own eyes or ears. You did not hear what you thought you heard. You did not see what you thought you saw. Um, you did not do what you thought you did, right? That is gaslighting, you guys. And the title today really should have been how to know that you're how you're being gaslit because that's what I'm talk I want to talk about today. Like what the heck's up with all the gaslighting that's happening right now? And those who are aware of it are very sick of it. We can see it. We can see it so clearly because once you know that you're being gaslit, it's not um you don't feel like you're going crazy anymore. 
You don't. You, you know what's real. You know what's fake. And you see the clown or clowns um, trying to gaslight. And you think you're, they're absolute fools, right? You think they're absolute idiots. And yet they fool people into believing them. They continue to fool people into believing their charade. And if you're aware of being that you're that they are gaslighting, you're not being gaslit anymore because you're awake to it. But you're watching other people getting gaslit. You're watching them fall for it. You're watching them um, not go with their own instincts, right? You're watching them disregard their own instincts and trust the narcissists or the crooks or the criminals. And here, here it is, you guys. The movie Gaslighting, um, it's about a criminal. That's what gaslighting is about. It's about criminals hiding their crime. It's not about good people trying to save someone or help someone. No, it's about a criminal trying to hide their crime. So in reality, in real life, that's what crooks do. They gaslight you to hide their crimes. Uh, if there's a narcissist in their, your life who's cheating on you, it may not be a crime that's prosecuted in a court of law, but it's 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 a cheating or it's a stealing. It's a it's a personal injury that they're trying to hide from you, right? If they're cheating on you, they're going to try to hide that from you. And I think that it's, that kind of gaslighting happens far more than we realize. Um, because it's not just done by narcissists. It's done by people who are cheating, right? They just don't want to be caught. Uh, so if you're in a relationship and someone's cheating, they're not going to admit, oh yeah, you caught me, you got it. You know, they're going to try to convince you. You didn't see what you saw. You didn't hear what you heard. You, your, your instincts are completely wrong. You're not, you're, you're too sensitive. You're too paranoid. You're too damage from previous relationships. These are their excuses for when they are trying to gaslight you. So how do you know you're being gaslit? A lot of times today, you can check on it. You can actually follow up. You can, you, you can ask people that they talk about. You can uh, investigate. You can look into the things that they are saying. If they say they were at a bar until um, nine or 10 or one in the morning with a friend of theirs, you can actually go to that bar and ask the bartender if they remember seeing this person, right? You can actually follow up. And that is the thing that narcissists hope you don't. Narcissists hope that you will not follow up, that you won't investigate, that you won't question. Like, and if you do question, you only question them because then they can, can, can control the narrative. Um, now their flying monkeys might also chip in with that narrative because their flying monkeys actually believe the gaslighting, actually believe the, the lies that the narcissist is telling them. But that's all they hope that you are going to ask. You know, oh, well, yeah, you don't believe me? Ask my best friend. <laughs> it's like, right. You know, oh, you don't believe me? Ask my mom. Ask my girlfriend. It's like, well, here's the deal. Why would I ask the flying monkey that you have trained to cover for you? That's exactly what the narcissist wants. So if you want to know if you're being gaslit, just investigate. 
go outside of the circle of influence that the narcissist has. Yep. <laughs> yes, Monique, good to see you. Says they think they're all they're they all think they're so smart. Frost is best. Good to see you. Good morning. Yeah, exactly. They think that they can control you because, first of all, as we know, narcissists believe that they're the smartest person in the room. And they're desperate, actually. They're desperate to hide their activity, right? Their crimes. They're, they're going to do what it takes to cover that crime, even if it means making you go crazy. And they watch you, too. I mean, this is where narcissists become more of, um, what do you call it? I don't want to say psychologist types, <clears throat> but they love studying psychology because they love seeing people react to to their behavior and like expect in an in expected ways too. Like when they gaslight you, they watch you go crazy. They watch you kind of bang your head against the wall. They watch you question yourself. They watch the quizzical look on your face. And it almost amuses them. Not, not Maybe not almost, actually. It amuses them because they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm actually causing this person to question reality. I'm actually causing this person to see what's really in front of their face and not believe it. Right? They feel like that gives them incredible control over the person. And it, they almost get drunk off of that. It gives them a sense of power right? An influence, control over people. And it makes them feel almost like a god. That's why they see themselves so highly. They think that they're working outside of the picture and controlling with strings, right? They're controlling you. Yes. Oh my gosh, Hobie. This is what I like to call them too. They are clowns. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, you guys, just reading the comments. Uh, Monique says, I just choose to smile. Yeah, when we know we're being gaslit, we just sit back. We don't react to them. And that actually drives them crazy, okay? Their tactics, after they realize they're not able to gaslight you, or they're going to keep trying, of course, because they think you're a fool. They, th they think everybody else is a fool and has a breaking point. That's much lower than their breaking point. So they think they're going to be able to manipulate you eventually into believing everything they say. So they're going to tr trot out guilt. They're going to trot out shame. They're going to trot out um, your sense of sympathy, right? They're going to try to manipulate you in any way they can to trust them. Because how dare you don't trust them? That really hurts their feelings if you don't trust them. And they'll trot out their victim stories of how other people have hurt them with trust or, you know, and, and not trusted them, not believed them when they were the victim. <clears throat> and so they'll, they'll try to make you out to be just like the perpetrators that hurt them before in their past. And you should trust them blindly because why would they lie to you you know so they do all these crazy mental gymnastics to cover their crime to, co to cover their activity 
Yes. <clears throat> Nobi, that's excellent. Nobi says, um, when they play that game, I remind them I'm not stupid. <laughs> but the thing is, it just bounces off of them. They're like, you know, the fact, the fact that you even tell them I'm not stupid actually might affect them a little bit, but then they want it. The more you engage with them, the more they feel like, okay, I've got a grasp on you. You know how salesmen work? They know that if they can get you to talk to them, even to resist them, <clears throat> then they can engage you. They can pull you in and um, try to convince you and use all their tactics and manipulations to turn you in the other direction. So, yeah, tell them you're not stupid and then stand back, right? Yes, exactly. Obi says they switched the game to fit their needs. And it is all a game to them. It's a complete game of manipulation and control. So gaslighting, though, is so effective for them. And why? Why is it so effective? You know, it's almost more effective than guilt and shame um, and playing on your sympathies. Because once they get you to believe them, they kind of stand back as if they're the only ones who bring sanity into your life, right? They act as if they're your big brother, they're your caretaker. You can trust them while you can't trust your own instincts, you can trust their instincts. And that's what they want. And then once they get you to that point, they can tell you, anything because they know you won't trust yourself and you're not even going to question you're not going to go outside because you're trusting them that's exactly what they want they want you to put all of your trust in them and none even on yourself which is insanity uh the thing with gaslighting is that if you if you lose your own sense of trust, your own instincts, your, your spidey sense. What do you have, right? You, you, once you start to lose that spidey sense, you have to go to something more tangible now. You have to go to start investigate. You have to actually question people. You have to actually talk to people. You have to get out of yourself and be willing to do a little digging, right? Be willing to investigate. But how many people will actually do that, right? Most people will just like crumble into themselves and feel like they're inadequate. They're, they're not able to think straight. They feel like they're going crazy. And so they don't, they're afraid that other people will start to see that they're going crazy. So they're not going to share the, their doubt with other people. They're not going to share that they are feeling some kind of spidey sense about the situation. Because they're afraid that other people will say, well, you're crazy. What do you mean? Everything's fine. And so they will actually crumble into themselves and get worse. So you don't want to do that. If you feel like you're being gaslit, the best thing you can do for yourself is go and find out. Go and investigate. What can it hurt, right? Don't, don't fear that other people are going to be like, I wonder what that's about. So who cares? Who cares if they wonder that? Or even if they look at you and think, no, everything was fine. It's like, okay, well, I was just asking. You know, that's all. This is not a big deal. And narcissists hate it when you ask. Narcissists hate it when you investigate. They don't want facts to actually clutter 
their lies. <laughs> they don't want that. They detract. You notice too, they don't ever actually answer the question. They deflect, right? They answer some other question that they make up. And, and you think that they somehow answered you. Narcissists will not actually tell the truth because, and in not telling the truth, they're either going to deflect or they're going to flat out lie to you. And if they flat out lie to you, you can check on that. You can actually look in, into that. And if they de deflect the question by answering some other question you didn't ask, that already tells you right there that something is up. That's why your spidey senses go up. That's why you start to think or feel like what, you know, why am I, why am I not feeling comfortable with this, right? Why, why is this not satisfying my curiosity? When you're feeling that your questions are not being answered, go find the answer, right? So there is something I, you know, I think that narcissists essentially are psychopath, you know, it's like psychopathic because for someone to not care that you're going crazy, for someone to push you to the point where you cannot trust your own instincts, I mean, it's going to ruin many parts of your life, not just your relationship with them. They don't care, right? They don't care that you're, you, you're not going to trust your judgment when it comes to finances now. You're not going to trust your judgment when it comes to making friends. You're not going to, you're not going to trust your own judgment when it comes to making business decisions uh, or even home ownership decisions or child rearing decisions. You're going to question everything because you're going to feel like you're incapable of making good decisions. And now the narcissist feels like the only thing they care about, though, is that they got away with whatever activity they were doing. That's all they care about. They don't care about who it hurts. They don't care that it hurts you. And they don't care that it may hurt several people that you affect, right? That you're in charge of, your children maybe, or your your family, your parents, you're taking care of them. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. The thing that only matters to them is self-preservation. But here's the deal, even with gaslighting. Narcissists are, I kind of feel like, okay, I've heard this before. People don't die for things that they know is a lie, right? Um, if someone knows it's a lie, they're not going to die for that. Um, they might die for something that they believe is true, but it turns out it's a lie, okay? So those who are brainwashed, those who are being gaslit, those who are being manipulated may actually die for something they think will, um, because they believe it to be true. But a narcissist actually knows these things are lies. They actually know what the lie is because they're perpetuating the lie. And they don't care. They don't care that it's destroying destroying other people. They don't care that they're brainwashing other people to possibly fight for a lie. They don't care that they're causing divisions and families over this lie. They don't care that it destroys kids because of the lie. That's why I consider narcissists psychopathic. Now, there are people with narcissistic tendencies. They're not, okay? That's different. Uh, I think that people who are flat-out narcissists are psychopathic because they will steamroll over you no matter what because they care about themselves the most. 
Sadly, I have a friend who right now, and I'm trying to figure out like, what the heck is her draw with this narcissist friend of hers? Now, he has, I've done videos on him. I think one is, uh, so the narcissist is a jerk. Why are we surprised? Um, right after he screwed her one more time. I mean, seriously, again, again and again and again. He backstabs her. He talks about her. He smears her with other people. He, um, what does he do? Uh, she cannot rely on him. He'll say he'll show up and then he doesn't show up. He, he totally just, he'll have her clear her day, her calendar and say like, yeah, we're going to go spend the day together and do this or do that. And then she's expecting to hear from him in the morning. Yeah, let's get together in the morning. Let's get, go get breakfast. And she doesn't hear from him all morning. She tries calling him, texting him, all of that. And then finally by 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he texts her back and says, yeah, I was up really late and I slept in and that's it. And it's not like he did it one time. This is his usual. So he's back in her life again because they live near each other again. And he's not a romantic you know, there's no romantic interest between the two of them, but they're supposedly friends from childhood, right? And she let him back in. She let him back in. And I'm like, seriously? Why? Why are you so desperate to have this person in your life that you're, you know, you feel like you're so lonely, but this person is sometimes fun. So you're allowing this turkey to come back into your life. You're, you're, you don't care that this person has a track record of treating you like dirt. Like if, oh yeah, the, the, not the last, but one of the things he had done was he invited her to go to a concert with him. And at the last minute, literally, well, maybe not the last, the last hour, he canceled on her and told her he's taking somebody else because he just feels like it. That's it. That's it. And that he talked to his coworkers about her to the point where they even encouraged him not to take her. You guys, right? Can you believe this? She doesn't remember. She doesn't remember these things that he's done to her. I do because she's come crying on my shoulder and I'm happy to be there for her. But so I remember all of these. And what is it that I tell people to do all the time? You know, one of the best things that will snap you out of falling for the narcissist's lies, of falling for the manipulations, of falling for their hoovering right? And their love bombing again is, or not, and all their attention, I suppose, right? All that's all lumped in with love bombing and hoovering. The thing that will snap you out of that is if you write them down, you write down what the narcissist did to you, how they destroyed your trust, how they lied, cheated, stole, hurt you, um, smeared you with other people, uh, taught, you know, gossiped about you, um, the things that they said to you in their moments where, because narcissists are not smart, by the way, I just don't think they are. I believe there's evil, but I don't believe there are evil geniuses. I just believe there are evil people, but they're not geniuses, right? So narcissists think that they're geniuses because they're able to manipulate all these people. But the reality is they slip up. They show you who they are. They even admit to you things that they don't realize just outed them. Like when he told her, um, even my coworkers thought it would be a bad idea for me to take you. It's like, okay, wait a minute. 
and they're thinking they're um, the narcissist is thinking I'm I'm bringing reinforcements, right? I'm giving you extra information to verify my decision, to validate my decision. You know, even these people think that I did the right thing. Um, but what they don't realize is they just let you know that they smeared you so badly to these coworkers of theirs that their coworkers think you're a total jerk and that it's okay for them to treat you at the last minute as badly as they're treating you. That's, that must be some big whopper they are telling their coworkers if their coworkers actually agree to this, right? If that's even the truth. But they probably manipulated their coworkers into believing that my friend is um, this horrible person that deserves to be cheated on or left behind or stood up and, you know, they did it to themselves. I'm like, holy cow. So what is it the narcissist is the... What is the narcissist telling their coworkers about you? That those are the clues and the things that you need to write down to remind you because they are they're so small and they're they're subtle. And you will think, no, I you know, you, you won't remember them. You won't remember that they mentioned that their their coworkers support them treating you badly. You won't remember that that they even stood you up 15,000 times, right? Write it down. Write it down with the date and what they stood you up for. Because what we tend to do is forgive and forget, right? We, In order to move forward, we tend to forgive and forget. And it's fine to forgive. And it's fine to forget. But here's the deal. Write it down. Write it down so that when this person or this instance or this situation comes up again, you can go back into your journal that you've been keeping about the narcissist and review the dates, review when things happened, jog your memory. And then that way, it's like you telling yourself or giving yourself, um, you know how people will say, if you could move, go jump from the future back here, or if you know now what you know, right? And you can go back into the past and warn yourself, what would you say? What would you warn yourself about? That's essentially what it is when you write down this list so that you're writing a, f a list for your future self so that when your future self encounters this narcissist again and you forgot, you've forgotten what has happened, your future self will look at this and go, oh my gosh, yes, yes, I now remember all this stuff and it won't hurt you anymore. That's the beauty of it. Oh, I want to get into that, you guys. Writing this down isn't to hold on to it and remind yourself daily of the pain and the horrible things that happened to you. It's to be opened up only when you're tempted to go back to the narcissist. And only then. And there may be a period of time for like maybe three, four, maybe 12 months where you feel like going back to the narcissist. And during that time, at the beginning of the separation, at the beginning of the, the discard, you may have to review that list over and over again. But once you review that list, it's like a, a sobering slap in the face, a sobering ice bucket of water that wakes you up from this daydream that you're having over about the narcissist. And once you look at that list and you wake up and you get away from the narcissist and all their hoovering doesn't work and they're far from you now, say a year, two years later, they come back into your life and you're like, oh, 
for some reason, you still feel that connection to them because remember, you've developed oxytocin um, and all these serotonin. You, you've developed these hormonal reactions to the narcissist from your bond. It's like a trauma bond, but it's it's also a pleasurable bond, even though it had hurt you. you you're going to remember good feelings when they come back into your life. Well, what happens after just one or two years? You're still sensitive to this, but you're going to need to have your memory jogged. So you open your book or you open your little notebook, journal, or whatever you might have kept, a, a piece of paper that's been laminated, right? And kept someplace very safe and, and obvious so that you know where to go, like your underwear drawer or something, right? It lines your underwear drawer. So you pull it out and you look at the list. You're like, oh my gosh, that's right. What the heck? I'm not going to go back to that. And it shuts down that serotonin, the oxy, uh, I'm sorry, all, all the good feeling, good hormones, right? That are being oxytocin, all that good stuff that's being developed inside of you. It stops the production of that right away. And you don't have the trauma bond anymore. You don't have that, that Stockholm syndrome of sympathy for them anymore. You're going to see them for who they really are. And that's how you break the gaslighting. That's how you break the control that they have over you. Make that list. Um, something was occurring to me when I was saying that. I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, I guess it'll come back to me <laughs> later. Yeah. Obi, I wouldn't say just uh, that about just girls, because the one I'm talking about was a guy. He's nothing but absolute trouble. He is just a total narcissist. And sadly, she has fun with him, right? She thinks, like, the fun is worth it. Well, you guys, when you play with the devil, <laughs> you're going to get burned, right? If you... Uh, yeah, that's what happens. People think, you know, a lot of times the supply or... People, they tend to get lonely and they'll allow anybody back into their life, including the narcissist. Because the narcissist is willing to be the person to show up. Because, by the way, nobody is wanting the narcissist around. The narcissist will come back to you when there are no other good options for them. They're not coming to you because you're the best option or, or they prefer you over other people. They just prefer your entertainment over other people's entertainment at the time. So be careful and wary of that. You're not the narcissist's favorite person or love of their life or their best friend. They'll even call you their best friend, but they're just total jerks. One of the things you do have to get rid of, by the way, are the nostalgic things that you've kept with the narcissist, like, you know, tickets to the state fair or um, brochures to the, the getaway you guys had gone to once before or pictures of you guys actually laughing on a jet ski or whatever it might have been, right? Going out on dates and smiling and hugging or kissing. These pictures are fake. Right? They're going to only pull you back into the narcissist's web. So those things you may want to bury and never ever look at until you're ready to, uh, you may even want to burn them, honestly. <laughs> if the narcissist had been that bad of a jerk to you, go ahead and burn them. But 
I understand people who want to keep things for until they're old, you know, old and they want to look back. I get it. Here's the deal. Oh, this is the thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. So you make this list of all the horrible things they had done, right? And one day you're going to be able to conjure the, up that list in your mind without referring to it, without looking at it physically. One day you're going to be able to not even feel a cringe of anything when you look at that list. You just think, wow, what a jerk. And then you move on. At the beginning of this um, happy crappy hour, I talked about my boss who had to let go of the hurt feelings of being cheated and robbed, you know, taken advantage of by a couple of her employees. I wanted to say that she's at the point now where it doesn't bother her. Like seeing them, hearing about them, it doesn't bother her. Actually, what she's hearing about them validates what what they had you know what she thought of them that they had taken advantage of her and so in a way I guess that's that helps her heal as well hearing that they're having a hard time but she doesn't look back at the time when they robbed her or stole from her and hold this grudge and anger and resentment and just this dark cloud over her she can't she just won't she just lets it go she's like fine the money's gone they're gone you know it was a it was an expensive lesson but lesson learned right that's how you chalk it up so one day you're going to be able to look at this list of all the things they did to you you don't want to like, be reminded over and over again and feel bad about yourself but one day you'll be able to think about the narcissist and go wow what a jerk i can't believe i fell for that you know, and you'll forgive yourself. That is the biggest thing. You don't want to feel the shame and take that into your future self. You want to be able to just put them in the past and go, okay, that was a stupid lesson I had to learn. It was an expensive lesson emotionally. It was an expensive lesson financially. It was an expensive lesson maybe socially. You lost some friends along the way. But it's a lesson that you've learned and now you can move forward. And that's all it is. Well, you guys, that is what you want to do when you're feeling like you're being gaslit. You want to investigate and you want to be able to separate from them emotionally so they can't come back and gaslight and manipulate anymore. And the only way you can get out of that is to remember what they had done. Don't allow your body to produce these love hormones, you know, the, the excitement hormones, the the, the hug hormones, they like to call it, when you see the narcissist again. And your body won't if you see this list, if you can bring this list to the forefront of your mind. Well, you guys, it sounds like the neighbor dogs are it. <laughs> going, going at it. Ross is best. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Processes says, uh, oops, calling me out on that one. I have thousands of concert pictures, school, prom pictures, and more with my ex. I deleted over a thousand, but there's still a lot more. You know, it's fine if you keep it. Um, just don't look at it. You know, keep it in a kind of box where you're not going to come across it. 
And if you're too tempted to look at it, then ask somebody else to hold on to that box for you. Don't, you know, at the lowest part of your day, lowest part of your week or month, you're not going to want to be tempted to open this box and go through all those photos, right? You don't want to do that. So put it somewhere that you will not come across it regularly unless you go seeking it, okay? Or even stumble upon it. You don't want to keep it around where you're going to stumble upon this and it's going to conjure up, you know, like these hormones and these feelings for the narcissist and you're going to start romanticizing and fantasizing and and feeling, you know, these feelings for them again. And then you start opening up this gate gate for them to come back in and do more destruction. Well, you guys, um, let me see. You know, I was going to mention too with the gaslighting that a lot of times we can recognize when they're gaslighting because they have double standards, right? They want you to believe one thing, but then they do something else. They, they tell you that, um, I have an example. Oh yeah. Okay. So they expect you to do things perfectly. They tell you like, what the heck, why aren't you, you know, how many times do you have to do this in order to, you know, hasn't it been like three times now? Why aren't you getting in this straight? And then when they make a mistake after, you know, uh, doing something thousands of times and they make a mistake, they're like, oh, oh, well, you know, they'll say clumsy thumbs, you know, I'm just clumsy today. Oh, I forgot, you know, my mind's been on other things. Okay, well, how come they don't think any of that when you mess up, right? The, the double standard, the hypocrisy is insane with narcissists. You watch them forgive themselves easily for doing the exact same things that you do, which they hold against you forever. Like the grudge they hold against you and they'll bring up past history. Remember that time you, you wrecked the car? It's like, yeah. But I also remember time you wrecked the car, you know, you, you, they won't let you get away with things from in the past, but they want you to forgive everything in their past. That's the insanity of the narcissist. That is part of their gaslighting. They have to do this in order to manipulate you. And a lot of times we don't even realize they're doing it, right? Because we have a conscience. We have a conscience and we feel bad that we messed up. We remember when they remind us, of course, of when we messed up. And then we feel a sense of loss. We feel guilt. We feel shame. We feel regret. While the narcissist gets away scot-free, they don't, they're not going to feel shame, regret, guilt. They're just going to forgive themselves immediately and move on. Well, I want you to look at that example so that when they try to make you feel bad about something, you do exactly what they did, which is you forgive yourself and you don't hold on to it anymore and you let it go. Anyway, you guys, that is all part of their gaslighting. They know how to gaslight because they have this double standard. They make you feel like you're going absolutely insane. They don't care if it hurts you or destroys you. And 
they think that they're just master manipulators or masters at psychology. They know how to read people. They know how you're feeling. Well, they're, they're the ones making you feel the way you are. They're the ones setting you up to feel the way you are because they know how to push those guilt buttons inside of you because they know you have a conscience. They know you care. They know you would, would care if you're hurting somebody. So don't allow yourself to be manipulated. Make those lists. Make sure that you're staying sober and, and aware. All right, you guys, I think I have covered what I wanted to about this. Oh, wow, really? Obi says, my doctor got mad at my mom for not teaching me this BS. For not teaching you the BS. I don't understand, Obi, which BS? Like not teaching you how to discern things? All right. Well, maybe you'll explain in the, the comments. You guys, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for contributing your input, your stories, your experiences. This is how we learn from each other. I'll be doing a happy crappy recap of this. And uh, if you want the shorter version or if you want to share the shorter version with other people who don't have as much time. Um, I always think it's great to listen to the whole live stream because... Some stories come out that people can relate to, and it helps you to visualize. And anyway, so I hope that you're able to, to get something out of both of them, and I will see you next week. I hope you have a great week this week. Remember that you don't have to hold on to resentment. You don't have to distrust yourself. Start learning to trust yourself. Write things down. And you know what? Write things down about yourself as well. Like write things down so that you remember things that you need to for yourself. Like not about the narcissist, but just for yourself. Like, you know, I did this today. I need to do that, you know, something else tomorrow to follow up. Write that down so that you do follow up. I need to call this other person and, and follow up with them. Write it down. So you don't have to feel like you're going crazy. You don't have to feel like, wait a minute, did I remember that right? Did I recall that? So I guess journaling is a really good thing for people who are having a hard time trusting themselves again. Start journaling. Start writing it down. And you'll be able to go back and go, oh, yes, that did happen. I'm not going crazy. So you guys, take care of yourselves. Know that you are worth it. Forgive yourselves. And I will see you next week.